Now, I'm coming to you today to turn a different direction in the series that we're on. Because we're talking about probably one of the most important things as, as a believer that I can take a hold of. And that is to be able to hear God's voice. That's of utmost importance. I need to hear it. Because, see, the Lord being able to speak into our hearts is what is able to carry us through any storm that we face. If you're out there without the voice of the Lord, if you're without God's revelation into your situation, let me tell you, you're just, you're just flapping in the winds. Because there's one that has the power, the wisdom, and the grace to carry us through whatever storm, whatever situation, whatever problem, whatever difficulty that you're going through. And that's Jesus. I mean, He is the one that knows the way through. Every marital difficulty, every physical issue, He is the one that knows how to get us through. So it's so important that we learn to hear the voice of the Lord. In fact, Jesus said in the Gospels, He said, there's three things that accompany the life of a believer. Number one, the believer hears my voice. That's what Jesus said. He said, if you're a sheep, you hear my voice. Now, a lot of us have not developed that voice. We haven't developed the ability to hear. We got ears inside of us that we've never opened. Well, that's what this series is all about. To try to help us to hear God better in the midst of our life. Well, Jesus said three things qualify us as a believer. One thing is we hear God. The next one, he said, you hear my sheep, hear my voice, and my sheep know my voice. What does that mean? That through hearing God, you're able to know God better. I mean, some people know about God. Man, they can tell you about creation. They can tell you about... But God doesn't want you to just know about Him. God wants you to know Him. The reason the voice of the Lord is so vitally important, other than guiding us through life, it says Jesus is alive and real. See, you can talk about the God of creation. You can talk about the mighty God that created the stars. But all of that's in the past. But if Jesus spoke to you today, you're saying Jesus is real and alive. Amen. So our testimony as a believer of the realness of Jesus is because Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. That means God's already given us the ability to hear Him. we just got to develop it. Number one. And secondly, thy sheep know my voice. And then the third one, my sheep follow my voice. If you're blindsiding into your situation, if you're out there in the midst of confusion, let me tell you, you're not hearing God. Because the voice of the Lord brings two things. The voice of the Lord, first, it brings faith. If you want to have faith to overcome whatever you're going through, whatever it is that the devil's throwing at you, Whatever the devil's trying to do, not only in your life, but across this world. Honey, this is an hour not to be flying blind. This is an hour to hear God. I mean, whether you go in the, where you go in the, uh, the grocery store and you're shocked about the increase in prices, or whether you're hearing about the battle that's going on around this world, this is a time to hear God. And we better know, if we don't hear God, then we may not make it through. So, God gives. So, number one is that the voice of the Lord would do, do in my life. But the second thing that God's voice does, it ends the confusion. 
If you're confused, God never, ever brings you into confusion. God doesn't use the, the tricks of the devil. If you're confused, you just haven't heard God. Amen. That if you're so full of fear and so full of discouragement, then you just haven't heard God. Honey, that's all that's missing. You can take your same dilemma and you can put the voice of God into it and all of a sudden fear's gone and confusion's gone and clarity comes. That's what the voice of the Lord does. The reason it's so important is so you won't be flying blind. That's so you, you won't be flying your plane toward, uh, toward a, 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 a crash that's been set by uh, the enemy in your life. But if we will hear the voice of God, God has a way of maneuvering us, of guiding us and directing us right through it. So we've come to this company. We must learn to hear and recognize the voice of the Lord. Now, in the process of it, during this series, I've talked to you about something. I'm going to reminisce here just for a few moments. We've talked about some places that's easy to hear God. Number one is in His Word. I mean, you've got to begin to hear the voice of the Lord in His Word. I mean, if you don't know what to do, then take your Bible up. First place you always search to hear God is in His Word. Because His Word, do you know there's over 7,000, wow, over 7,000 promises in that Bible? Dealing with every situation you could ever go through. You don't have to be in confusion if you've got a Bible. Because that Bible gives you God's promises into your situation that you're going through. So it's just so important. Everybody say, God speaks to me through His Word. The second way that God speaks to me, God speaks to me through trusted people. I mean, if you're running around with a bunch of... I won't say that. All right. If you're running around with the people you can't trust, then honey, you got to find some people you do trust. You've got to, you've got to begin to run around people that talk God, look like God, walk like God. I mean, it's, I mean, it's so important because God wants to use people to speak into your life. You, everybody needs a pastor, need to be able to hear a message or something. Need to be able to go on YouTube and hear somebody preach. I don't know how where it can, but God uses trusted people and trusted ministries to bring His voice to us. The third way He speaks to us a lot of times is in worship. Now, that's why it's so easy. Somebody said, well, I'm not, I don't get into that. Well, honey, you just don't get into Jesus. Because worship is the reason that we're here on planet Earth. You're not here to, to, to become the best whatever it is you're trying to be best at. You are here to be a worshiper of God. You're here to worship on the various jobs and the various circumstances and the various forms of life. You're here to worship in a family. You're to, and that is the purpose of our, our earth life. Our earth life is to be a worshiper. And God took that particular season to be the way that He can speak to your life. If you just want to hear God easy, man, you just begin to worship and praise God. You, the moment you begin to tell God how good He is, it's like God says, here, let me get through. I'm going to get to that guy. I mean, the Lord is going to begin to respond into your life. The fourth way God speaks to us easily is in prayer. And that means my, my prayer may have to have some work done to it. I mean, prayer is not a monologue. I may be making a monologue. I may be, I mean, I may be boring God just completely down. By doing all the talking, and that's what people that do all the talking do, right? 
when you have a relationship in your life and they do all the talking, you have to do all the listening, that's okay for about the first 30 minutes. But when he gets in that 35th minute, you're ready to do something else. And so I'm telling you, that's the same way it is with God. You've got to let God develop dialogue. You've got to let your prayer life come alive. Somebody said, man, I can't pray for 15 minutes. I go to sleep. Well, if I, let, if I listen to you for 15 minutes, I'd probably go to sleep too. You've got to understand, you have to develop prayer. You've got to work in it. To, to, if you want to hear the voice of God, then the voice of the Lord. Now, in the book of Habakkuk, it tells us how to have an active prayer life. This is what it says. It said, I will climb up to my watchtower. Man, God wants you to do some climbing. And then I will stand at my guard post. This is talking about prayer. There I will wait to see what the Lord will say to me and how he will answer me. So that's what God's looking for. He's looking for people that are willing to develop a prayer life. How many of you are willing to develop a prayer life that can hear God? Now, in the book of Exodus chapter 19, it talked about Moses to hear God. He went up to the mountain of the Lord. He went up to God. And that's really what we've got to do in all of our prayer life. We've got to get up. We've got to mount up. We've got to climb up. We've got to get out. See, it's so easy to live a discouraged down life. But it's so easy to be completely defeated in everything that you face. Defeat and discouragement go hand in hand. If you're allowing discouragement to guide your life, then you're allowing the defeat to control your life. So what you've got to understand, I've got to come up. Somebody say, come up. Man, I've got to come up out of this. And we, we come up in our prayer life by some various things. First thing we do, we develop an, a reverence and an awe. I mean, if, if prayer is boring to you, honey, you need to know you're not praying. There's some things that need to, there needs to be an awe developed of God. That you have this wonderful opportunity to enter into the mighty presence of the God. And the Lord is that. He's that master, that creator that deserves that awe out of all of our life. Amen. You've got to come to him in faith. Man, I'll tell you what, if you're trying to enter your prayer life with doubt, you're going to get nothing out of that prayer life. Somebody's got to believe that God can rescue you. And if you're not going to be that one, then your mama probably won't do it either. So you've got to be at a place where you believe. If you're going to hear God in the misty prayer, you got to. And you, how do you believe? Well, you come declaring. Declare. You don't declare what you feel and you don't declare the situation. You declare the one that can handle the situation. God, I know that you can heal this. I know that you can turn this around. Man, you develop that type of declaration that comes out of you in the midst of prayer. God's not saying, oh God, I wonder if they're going to bankrupt heaven with this bill I got. They're not. God has it. God can take care of it. You come in there saying, God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And you provide all of my need according to your riches and glory. I'm approaching you in faith, Lord. Now, the problem is, we can't get it going out here until we get it going inside here. That's why the woman with the issue of blood was able, it's such a a pattern of receiving in prayer. The woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says, no, okay. Thank you. Thank you. The Bible says that the woman issue blood, she said in her heart. What are you saying inside you, man? What are you? Do you know you're self-talking your place into a discouraged hole? 
or you're just talking yourself into a powerful life of living for God. It's what you're talking. That self-talk. That's telling you what you're going to eventually begin to declare out your mouth. You've got to begin to think it right if you're going to be able to receive it right. And you've got to get that. And that's, that's a hard place. I remember when my thoughts had such control in my life. I remember I was, I was standing at James Langley. Yeah, James Langley. Lives at, he owns that Ford place at Smackover. I was standing in his front yard. And I was there doing construction on James's house. And I can remember that my thoughts had such control in my life. Man, I, I, every thought was so bad. Every thought was a battle. And I can remember I cried out to God there at James's yard. And I said, God, will it always be this bad? I said, God, will it always be this battle to try to get control inside of me? I'll tell you what, God assured me that it would not always be that bad. You can defeat that stronghold. That stronghold of thought may have a grip on your life, but the devil hadn't gripped you with anything that he can't ungrip for the glory of God. You've got to get stronger in the Lord. And you begin to break those strongholds and those those grips off your life that's trying to put you... That's what's trying to keep you from hearing God. You just got to say, I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm going to begin to think right in accordance with the Word of God. I'm going to begin to think God can handle this. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. My God supplies all of my need. My God is the one that stands up for me. He's the warrior in my life. My God is coming to my rescue. My God is helping me. And I'll tell you what, when you begin to get control of your thoughts, because you've got to be the first one that believes it. You're not going to get, you put your name in on a thousand prayer requests, but unless you believe it, it won't happen, honey. You've got to be the one that turns that thought life around, that gets control of that thinking, thinking, toward that you can begin to productively begin to declare and decree. And you know what? When you begin to declare the greatness of God, man, what you do, you create this huge vacuum. Vacuum that just sucks things in. I think when you begin to declare how great God is, when your life is in the midst of all type of difficulty, when your storm thing like it's fixing to blow you away, but you begin to declare how God is, man, you're a vacuum or you're a magnet. First thing it does, it sucks God in. God cannot stay away from decrees of faith. Declarations of faith, God cannot stay away from it. And it sucks God in. But not only does it suck God in, it also sets the potential for the miraculous. When you begin to declare the greatness of God, Lord, you're greater than this relationship. I know, Lord, I may have married a numbskull, and he may not have sense to act right, but I believe that you're going to make him right. I believe that you're stronger. And, and Sister Emma, isn't that what you told me about Brother Don? But, <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know what, God? You're bigger than he is. He may think he's got a rule going on, but Jesus, you've got the rule going on. And I declare the greatness of God. 
And I'm here, Lord, to declare that that sickness is not Lord. And I understand that doctor's evaluation. But I also understand that that doctor is not my God. I understand that you're greater than that doctor, that you can use him and you can manifest through him. You can use medicine. You can use uh, not medicine. You can do. But, Lord, I agree. You are my healer and you're my deliverer. When you begin to approach in that kind, what it does, you create an atmosphere that will be con- consistent on producing miracles. And then what also it does, when you begin to decree and declare, it literally begins to draw angelic presence in. If you're living a life of discouragement, if you're allowing yourself to talk it, to destroy your own prayer life and not hear the voice of God... Because I don't care, God's not going to come to you telling you he's going to have to lay off 15 angels or he's not going to be able to, he doesn't have quite enough to help you. Or that because Sister Renee asked so much that God don't have enough left. You know, God's not going to do that. And that won't draw the presence of angels. What will draw the presence of angels is when you begin to decree and declare the greatness of their God. And the Bible says that angels begin to worship with us. And if you need angelic help in your life, and let me tell you what, most, I won't say most, but all through the Bible, part of deliverances came through angelic presences. God would send angels to completely defeat the enemy. God would send angels even to the garden to strengthen Jesus. In his time of weakness. And I'll tell you what. God will send angels to you too. Somebody says. Well I saw that picture of that angel. That little naked baby. With those little flappy wings. That's not the angel. That God has for you. Powerful. Majestic beings. That because of that angel. Stands. In the presence of God. He leaves the presence of God fully loaded with God's strength, God's might, and God's power. And He can come into your life and He can bring the change that is needed to. So we have that choice. And God just doesn't show up where there's a lot of racket going on. Now, God loves us to be exuberant and praise and worship. He loves that. That's not what God calls racket. I'm talking about things that steal your quietness. You've got to be willing to silence the voices that's distracting your faith. You've got to be willing to say, God, I'm trusting you. I believe in you. Then... I'll tell you that this is a gift too. There's a gifting of the Lord. Someone has been has been saying that to the Lord, and and your distractions have hindered the voice of God from coming to you. I speak I speak this gently. I speak it from the heart of the Lord into your life. That because you've allowed distractions to have such a loud voice. God said, how I wanted to say to you, I am here, my child. I'm here to help you. I'm here to strengthen you. 
I'm here to bring you over this. And just rely on me, my child. Those are the kind of things that you would hear from heaven. Those are the kind of voices. And if I, if I fail, but that kind of voice does not come in a distracted atmosphere. You've got to first make this quiet. You've got to shut out. And I'm not really talking about sound levels. I'm talking about what you allow to distract your faith. You've got to be willing to shut this out out here. And you've got to be willing to silence the distractions in here. Some of you have found that quiet place. The Bible says when you pray, go into that room, shut that door. What it's talking about is not a physical place. It's talking about a spiritual place. A place of quietness. Because God says, oh, I love what it says. Scripture says in the book of Exodus. He said, I show up and I fight for the where there's people that have quieted themselves in me. So God searches for people that have shut out these outside voices. And God searches for those to fight for. And then the Lord says, winning in here is stillness. It's people that not only are willing to shut out the voice out here, but they're willing to steal the distractions in here. Somebody said, Jerry, I try to pray, but man, these voices just keep screaming to me that I'm going to fail, that I'm going to go under, that God's not going to come to my rescue. You've got to find the power of the Holy Spirit to silence that, not only on the outside, but you've got to be strong enough to begin to bring the change to silence that on the inside. And the Bible gives us the absolute promise that if I resist the devil, God will cause him to flee. So what that means is, is when the devil is fighting me for distractions of my faith on the inside. When those voices are saying, you're not going to make it this time. God's not going to be able to help you this time. You know what you did the other day. You blew it. Or you blew your whole life. You're not doing right so God can't rescue you right. All the voices that try to so much build inside of us. We say, whatever you say, devil. (laughs) I know my God. I know my God. I know my God is coming to my rescue. I know my God. Oh, I know my God. (laughs) I know the Lord is going to change this for me. He's going to turn it around. He's going to help me. And you begin to draw sword with sword. And everywhere the devil is trying to cut you off, you draw your sword. Now the Bible calls that stillness. When I begin to settle in on my trust in the Lord. And no matter what the voices are trying to say, I choose the voice I listen to. 
For I know my God. I know He is. I know the Lord's going to help me do this. I know God's going to heal me. I'm looking and I'm searching. I know God's going to make me strong. (laughs) I know God's going to make me strong. I've been weak most of my life, but I know God's going to make me strong. I'm going to be strong through His strength. Because I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And we begin to resist those thoughts. And we begin to release faith. And the Bible says that causes stillness. Stillness, and the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. As we close with prayer right here today, maybe you're here today. There's a storm raging in your heart. Maybe it's raging in your life. Maybe it's a storm of fear that's been unleashed against you. Maybe it's a storm of worry. Every time that you're trying to believe God, it just begins to beat you down. Maybe it's a storm in your relationships that are so meaningful in your life. You say, Lord, unless this works out, I'm not going to be happy. Maybe it's a storm in your health. Maybe you received a pretty bad report. You don't know what to do next. We would trust in the Lord. We would trust in the Lord. We would trust in the Lord. And God will come to our rescue. We would trust in the Lord and God would come to our rescue. (laughs) Oh, we would trust in the Lord and God will come to our rescue. We would trust in the Lord and God will come. If you're here today and you're having a storm such as I've been mentioning. You say, Jerry, I want to. I want to fight back against all that negative. I want to stop. I want to stop those. I want to stop that that negativeness on the outside. I want to be able to shut those distractions down. I want to be able to shut those distractions. I want to hear God. I want to hear His voice telling me it's going to be okay. I want to hear Lord, the Lord whisper and tell me that He's going to fight for me, that He's going to help me get through this, that this addiction is not going to destroy my life, that this thing is not going to destroy me, that He's going to be my rescue. If you're here today and that you, I want you to simply stand right where you're sitting at. Would you do that? And we're just going to close service with our leaning on the Lord. If you're if you're in the midst of that type of battle, and we're going to surrender to the Lord. Can I tell you one thing? 
I have not even said one word of the message God I thought I was to preach today. Not one. Not one. I was going to talk to you about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, if Jesus don't come get us this week, we'll talk about it next Sunday. All right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. I want you to take your little old paws. I want you to reach them up toward the one that has the strength and the power to help us and save us. I want us to find a place of strength to be able to combat the voices that's tried to destroy our prayer life because God gave me prayer that I could hear from heaven. And that worry and that doubt and that unbelief that's tried to fill my life in the name of Jesus, I begin to resist it. And the Word of God tells me if I resist the devil, that God will make him flee from me. So I'm going to rest in the Lord and I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to resist those negative thoughts. I'm going to resist those, neg those negative distractions. I'm not going to let... People are things control my life. I'm going to let Jesus have control in my life for the glory of God. Now, Lord, I pray across this congregation right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would cause a spiritual connection and a spiritual encounter with every person, Lord, that is standing. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you would cause each person, Lord, that is standing in a need or even those that are seated that could not stand in their need. Lord, I'm asking you to cause your voice to be made real. Cause the voice of the Lord to come through for them. Cause the voice of the Lord to be a strength in the midst of their life to where that they will be able to put their trust in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, I ask you to so build a strength of God deep in their inner person that will give them the strength to fight, that will give them the strength to resist, that will give them the strength to rise up, Lord, to be able to climb the mountain of the Lord, to be able to hear what God would have to say to them. Lord, cause your voice to be strong, cause your voice to be powerful, cause your voice, Lord, to break the rocks of resistance and to move the mountains of the stand in our way. Lord, cause the power of God to prevail, cause the help of God to be known, cause the angels to come and rescue, Lord, in Jesus' powerful name. Praise God. Hallelujah. For the Lord says that He's called you with a holy calling, the Lord says. And He has given you strength for the battle. And the Lord would say to you that He loves you, dear one. That He embraces you. That He embraces your life. And He embraces your heart. So the Lord said that He encourage you. God wants to encourage you today. To know this. That the things of the flesh shall not prevail in your life. That God's strength and God strengthens in the Spirit for them to prevail over this issue that God is coming to your rescue and that he is helping you in Jesus name
Now, for those that would have a struggle hearing God say things like that, I believe the Lord wanted me to say that to you today. Amen. But it's just to be a primer in your pump. It's to get some things started where God will be able to speak into your heart every day and let you know how much He loves you and how much He cares about you. Stephen, let's close with the song of praise, could we? Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, my soul. Don't you get shy of me. Lift up your song. You got a lion inside of your lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Don't you get shy of me. Lift up your song. You got a lion inside of your lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. All that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. For I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah.